Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday q and I'm Eric Griffin, president of ITM Trading. With me, I have Lynette Zhang, our chief market analyst. We take your com- your commissions, <laughs> your questions yeah. that you submit to us at questions at itmtrading.com. And uh, that's the email address you want to submit those to. And uh, then we put them here on this one sheet, which Lynette has not seen on the screen. And we ask them to her live, so you get a real, true, live, organic response. That's questions at itmtrading.com, not commissions at itmtrading.com. Yeah. All right. Tenth Man <laughs> asks, you touched on Basel three, and clearly they are suppressing price. Can you give us some insight on Basel four, which is due to be implemented January 2023? Have you looked into that at all, Basel four? I haven't looked in a lot. I've been trying to pay attention to see what's happening with with Basel three. It's that everything gets implemented. I mean, look, 2023, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, so I don't think that the system as we know it is even going to make it to 2023 because there's too many big shifts that are happening. I think it's really interesting, although not really surprising, that we haven't seen much of a move on spot gold, even though in Europe it has been moved to a tier one asset. Because, yeah, it is the only financial instrument that has no counterparty risk. It is the single safest thing that anybody can do. So, yes, they are clearly continuing to suppress the price, very similar to when we shifted back in 71. You didn't see the spot price of gold move much for a while. So, um, but boy, I'm telling you, you know, I'm just going to be honest about it. The changes in all of these banking rules, Basel three, Basel four, Basel a million, whatever it's going to be. The ability for the central banks to hide what they're shifting and the way they're shifting is impressive. Frankly, it's really impressive. So, no, I'll, I'll look at that because not everything in Basel three has been fully implemented. So I'm not 100% sure there is a Basel four. I think that what you may be talking about is the completion of the implementation of Basel three. But I'll look and I'll, I'll get back to you. Make sure you write that down, Edgar, and give that to me. All right, so May Free 45 asks, I converted 80% of my retirement account to precious metals mm-hmm. account, so an IRA. Mm-hmm. I was forced to use a third-party depository by law, right, because it's a custodian for your IRA. Right. So that makes sense. How safe is this? Well, probably depends on, on the approach. If there is an overt confiscation, Uh, I can't imagine any depository saying, oh, no, we're going to protect your account first. So in that way, it's probably not that safe. And actually, you would know the answer to this more than I would. But in those in the uh, administrated accounts, are those allocated or unallocated? So most precious metals IRA custodians have them in allocated accounts. Okay. So whatever order metals that you order, gold or silver, get put in your allocated account. Now, um, somebody asked me this, I I think 
well, it was either in Miami or in New York. I've been to both places, and forgive me if I can't exactly remember. Um, how difficult or challenging would it be for them to get, the, if, if it's in bar form, to get the serial number on the bars? It would be probably pretty easy if it's in an allocated account. Not necessarily, because the custodians hold, most custodians hold their um, metals, the, the allocated metals in depositories that are the same, like Delaware Depository, um, like DDSC and IDS um, are the main two. So they're not necessarily, it's not like your custodian, your custodian might be in Texas, but the, but the vault might be in Delaware. So it would be difficult for you to contact your custodian and then say, hey, can you have somebody go in my allocated storage and go look and see what the serial numbers are on my bars? But not impossible. I don't know. I think it totally depends on your depository and, and the access they, they would have to those kind of requests. It, but what would be the point? I don't think there's any point of knowing what the serial numbers are on your bars. Unless um, you wanted to be 100% certain that it was an allocated account. And especially with going back to the Basel III, where the issue was on allocated accounts with an identifier versus unallocated accounts that all get lumped into one and then that can be utilized by the depository or, or the uh, associate bank. Yeah, I think you would have a difficulty trying to... I mean, first of all, most most IRAs mm -hmm. aren't composed of bars. Correct. You know, most, yeah, of, most them of them have them are gold eagles, gold right. buffaloes, right. Canadian maple leaves. But some would have Some bars. would have some bars, but right. to... To get somebody to go down to your allocated account and find out, it's kind of like one of those multi-layered things. I mean, you might you might be able to. You just have to talk to your custodian and see. But I, yeah. I don't know. You, so what your thought their thought process is if they can go down and see, then you would know that it was allocated. If you had right, if you had a serial number, a list of serial numbers on the bars because you're not going to have that on the coins, but you're going to have that on the bars, then um, maybe you have a higher level of comfort knowing that it is that it is actually allocated. Hmm. It'd be, a, it'd be a, an interesting exercise. So if the person that asked me that question is watching, and because I also told them to contact their administrator, yeah, their the custodian. custodian. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, if you get the results of that, if you actually do that, get let us know because we'd be interested in knowing, or maybe even. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd be interested to know if they would do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's uh, that seems it's kind of like one of those that's a, that's a tough thing to get somebody to go do, but maybe they would. Well, maybe they would. I mean, you're paying them a custodial fee, so they think, in my opinion, they should, but what do I know? I mean, that's not something that's within my control. You know how customer service can be sometimes. It's like, no, we're not going to honor that request. Sometimes it can be a pain. It, so, you know, well, that, I'm just, I'm just wondering if you here. can get you through, the, through, the, uh, through the walls <laughs> through the there. Layers. I don't know. I'd be it interested be... to know. If you, if you do, if somebody has an allocated account with bars in it, and you were able to 
I would love to know. You can email me at the questions at itmtrading.com and I'll see it. Just put allocated storage in the subject line and and I'll, I'll see that and we'll see what they say. Okay. All right. So, and, and let me know too, which, which custodian you have when you went to ask for it. All right. Cause there's many, there's many different custodians. So it might be, you might be able to get it with some and not with others. All right. DMTV asked, many countries are discussing central mm -hmm. bank digital currencies. When a country declares its digital currency as official and cash is banned, what do you do with your precious metals? Do you convert 100% of them into the new CBDC or do you hold on to the precious metals and convert them slowly month by month as needed to pay for living expenses? I see you answered that question while I, while I asked. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like I to did. comment on? Well, that's actually, I'm going to be talking a lot more about CBDCs in uh, tomorrow's video. So you probably want to stay tuned for that. Um, though what I am hearing is that cash is not likely to be banned. I mean, really what they've been working on is getting us to volunteer the cash because if they ban it, then you know, things are different and they really don't want you to realize that anything is indeed different. But, um, frankly, the CBDCs, which is programmable money, will enable them to more easily attack your principal, whether they do it through um, negative rates or just because of how far away from the period that you can go, that they could, just like inflation was an invisible tax and it eroded your, the value, the purchasing power value. Mm -hmm. Well, there's basically no purchasing power value left. So now they're going to be attacking principal, but just like we volunteered it with the inflation, they're going to want us to volunteer it with the CBDCs. So um, they'd really rather have you choose consistently not to use cash. Uh, I, I don't think, and even in the uh, biz <clears throat> money flower, there is a little area for cash, just like there's a little area for private cryptocurrencies. There's a bigger area for, for uh, commodity money, gold and silver. And then, of course, the biggest area are the CBDCs, the central bank digital currencies. Some retail, some wholesale. Edgar, will you put a, a link to the um, money flower so people can see what she's talking about in the yeah, description? Absolutely. So when so, you've always said too that they'll go through the retailers and the banks and make it more expensive to use cash, which will be the biggest deterrent of holding cash, right? That's absolutely accurate. And they, uh, the biz just recently did uh, a piece where they were looking at the payment systems and they still show cash as the least expensive form of payment, uh, and which, which is absolutely true. But, you know, also in my personal strategy, before I saw the digital currencies coming, then I would have, when we went into the new currency system, which is not, <clears throat> the CBDC is not going to be the end-all be-all yet. They have to get rid of the debt. So it's just part of the process of moving, moving us along. But... You know, my intention had been to convert not all my gold and silver because you always need to maintain a portion of that, but, you know, a chunk of it. 
Now, going into this digital realm, I will be converting a whole lot less and I will be converting it more as needed, as you said in the second part of the question, you know, on a month-to-month -month or quarter-to-quarter -quarter basis. Well, because, just whenever you need it, because if you have income, correct. you're going to be getting paid in the CBDCs, and so you might not ever need to convert it, right? That's a fact as well. Yeah, That's unless, a fact unless, as well. unless you see opportunities, which we always talk about on the other side. Exactly. And then you would, at that point, you would convert. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah, I will not be, you know, and, and I'm, I'm very, 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 very clear that this next iteration into the CBDCs will not be the reset, the overnight reset that we're talking about. It'll be part of the transition, but it won't be, that won't be it yet. All right, so Lindsay asks, I'm investing in gold and silver primarily to protect myself from the upcoming financial reset. How do you see gold and silver performing after that event takes place? Well, you know, typically what happens is you have to have a component of gold in the new currency uh, in order to get the population to trust it. So during the financial system reset, then of course we see it go straight up because they're revaluing something that has no intrinsic value, the fiat money, against something that's all intrinsic value, gold. But I actually see both of them real money, at least for a while, um, performing reasonably well. I mean, it's all about the reset. And we have to see because they're also then going to not want you near physical, they're never going to want you near physical gold and silver, ever. Because that, a rising gold price is an indication of a failing fiat currency. So after that one event takes place, well, as you'll see tomorrow, Venezuela is resetting their currency for the third time. And so actually after that, as they devalue the currency more, then we'll see both gold and silver moving up until we get to the final reset. This won't be one and done. It, it, it's, I, I mean, I can't guarantee that because that too is beyond my control. But on average, they reset the currency lopping off zeros three times. Until we see a change in behavior, this will not be over. So, um, so therefore, after the first lopping off of zeros, we'll see it go up. The second, yeah. So I was reading the article and they said, well, we were thinking about doing more zeros, but then, because then it would last longer. Right. But then they were like, but then it makes it hard to pay a bus fare because then we'd have to print fractional. We'd have to make fractional coins in order for people to be able to pay the 0.3 bolivars to do. Right. So I don't think they they def, I think it foretells like they have plans of doing this again. Like, of course. We're not, we're not trying to address any real issues here. We're going to we're going to keep doing this, which that that's that's tough because oh my God, we were talking about property there, taxes. Oh. Right. Um, on real estate. Like part of the re part of the strategy is to own gold and silver to be able to pay property taxes on property that you own. And we we're talking about right before we came in here about Venezuela and thinking about exactly. people who saved up enough currency bolivars to pay for an upcoming tax bill that's now about to get reset. Well, now you don't have the money to pay that tax bill, which then makes it impossible to pay, which makes it easier to lose that property. So owning gold and silver that would go up in value when that occurs so that mm -hmm. then you have that money to be able to pay for those taxes is, is super important. Um, yeah. And 
you know, gosh. even if you own the property outright, if you can't pay the taxes, you lose the property. Totally. It's that simple. It really is. All right. So Preston A. asks, lately the 10-year mm. bond mm -hmm. yield is falling rather precipitously. We are headed for another inversion of the year yield curve. And if so, does this pretend another recession? My gosh. I mean, there is so much incredible manipulation in these markets. Um, and does this pretend another recession? Well, how about a hyperinflationary depression? That's what we are moving into. Because to think that the government can be buying up all of these bonds, and there's something uh, really interesting that, which I'll talk about next week, that's happening again in the repo markets because of all of this massive amount of liquidity that's in there. So when you're looking at the 10-year bond yield falling, remember, interest rates are the biggest tool that central bankers have to regulate the rate and speed of inflation. But they're between a rock and a hard place because there's really no place for the yields to go. Once they go negative, which, which they, in reality, they're already negative in the U.S., but nominally, you're still showing a little bit of a positive yield. But this is really, really dangerous where we are. And the, and the bond years, the 10-year bond yield falling this dramatically, I mean, I think to me it's an indication of the central bankers actually really losing control, the Fed actually really losing control of these markets. They are totally behind a rock and a, bond, and a hard place. They raise the rates. Well, what happens to all that debt that continuously is rolling over? Mm. Instead, they're printing all of this money and they're still buying, what, $120 billion a month in, uh, in treasuries. They're still liquefying these markets. And the drop in the yield is telling them that the markets don't want it. They don't want it. They don't need it. They don't want it. They've got plenty. Mm -hmm. And they're still not stopping. So... I'm thinking we've got some problems. I think that's what it's showing. And um, watch for the repo markets because I think it's going to get a lot more volatile in there. Okay. The reverse repo markets. Troy Ounces asks, mm. what's a good goal for an amount of physical silver before focusing on buying physical gold? That's interesting. I would think I would consider that. Well, I would I, consider uh, buying both at the same time. Exactly. And I know you would too. Exactly. But I would focus on gold before I'd focus on silver. And that's a little that's, caveat here. Why I say that is if we're talking about uh, inflation, we're talking about a reset, gold is more stable. Silver is more yes, volatile. Is. Um, and gold is what they do the reset against. Right. And gold tends to um, perform better in hyperinflationary events and silver does. Um, I think silver is more, because you got to well, think about gold and silver as function. Bar, uh, right. That's where I was going with that. Go ahead. Yeah. Take it over. Okay. okay. Well, what you really want to establish, Troy is, is what your goals are. What are you trying to accomplish? And then it is the right tool for that job. For me, physical silver is about barterability, day-to-day -day barterability. Physical gold can perform a number of those functions, like we were talking about the real estate taxes, but it's really about wealth preservation. So I've definitely, I mean, I definitely do both. 
I probably, if I had a chunk, I would do the gold because it was, you know, it was easier if I had a chunk. You know, silver is not as expensive, so it's kind of easier to buy that. Um, so I, I would have a tendency, I actually have had a tendency, if I had to pick one or the other, to do the gold first. Because it's always easier to buy silver. It's a lot less expensive. What would you say? Like, are you 80? Do you think you're 80% gold, 20% silver? Do you oh, think you're 90% no. gold, 10% silver? What do you think you are? Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm probably 90, 90 maybe 20, even 90, 95. 10. Yeah, so... Be because, because the silver is based upon my current cost of living and also my daughter's current cost of living because that's that's barterable but you know for me so that means that, that as I keep buying it's like I'm I'm not really buying more silver right because I have enough to cover what the period of time you know right. yeah and I kind of go out I kind of go out everybody's got to do what they're comfortable with but I kind of go out a 10-year barterable I, I don't think this is going to happen like boom boom um, so yeah, probably 90 to 95% gold, I, I guess. I have a feeling that Troy Ounces buys silver because he's speculating on price. Probably. Right. I don't think Troy Ounces is thinking of, of gold and silver as insurance policy. I think he's trying to speculate if that, that would be my guess based on the question. Um, I mean, cause we talk about on the channel, the, this topic somewhat regularly, right? Right. Right. Over time, over the past few say, years. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think we gave, I think we've illustrated the point in its fullness, but I would, I would venture a guess that I'm probably closer to 90, 10 gold, silver as well. But that's because we're thinking of it from a function perspective. Mm -hmm. What's it going to do for us when we need it? Um, and we're thinking about it long-term volatility wise, how it's performed in previous resets. So, exactly. um, and, and right. And, and the whole strategy. Yeah. The whole strategy is really aimed to survive going through this whole reset and then on the other side of this whole mess, then being in actually a better position than even when we entered it. So taking advantage of those opportunities. And that is more about gold than that is about silver, taking advantage of the opportunities. So, yeah, I'd say that's probably about accurate. So one last question because we're, we're at 20. 23 oh, minutes. Okay. So White Space Marine says, do you believe it will ever get to the point of ammunition acting as an item to be used for trade? Anything physical. That Alcohol, people need. tobacco, coffee, toilet paper, bullets, firearms. Those are all good barter items in the event of a, you know, a, a full system so collapse. Right. But, but look at the World Economic Forum is talking about a total, and it is. I mean, look, I think anybody that's watching can see it is. This is a complete social, economic, and financial system reset. I I definitely believe it's going to get very ugly. So yes, I do think I think we will go local. There will be a period of time where we go very local with our bartering. Mm -hmm. So. 
This week, I was on with Rudy over at Alaska Preppers, and he really asked some great questions. We covered a lot of a lot of things. The video will be out this week, so stay tuned for the link. But I real I can tell you this. I really enjoyed that interview. So usually when I come out of an interview and I go, I, that was really fun, you're going to enjoy it too. So make sure that you watch it. And next week I'm going to be on with my good friend Patrick over on Silver Bullion TV in Singapore. And he always asks the best questions. I love his question. I love him. He's great. So that'll be next week. But um, you guys have been seeing a lot of behind-the-scenes updates on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, you can find it at Lynette Zhang, and on Twitter at ITMTrading underscore Zhang. Um, fortunately, I just have one more little trip to make. Oh, yeah. And then I don't have to go anywhere for a while. So all of these, uh, I mean, I have to say, I've really had a lot of fun, but I'm kind of pooped. Living your best life. <laughs> totally, but I'm kind of pooped. I'm kind of ready to just be home and get into my normal routine. But, you know, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Turn on those bell notifications. We'll let you know when we're going live. And make sure you leave us a comment. Give us a thumbs up if you like this video. And, of course, share, share, share. Because, as you all know, without any little doubt in my mind, I can't imagine anybody has any doubts about this, it is completely time to cover your assets. And here at ITM, we use the Wealth Shield. And, of course, real money, gold, silver is the foundation of that strategy. But there are lots of other parts as well. So, until next we meet, Please be safe out there. Bye-bye.